Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's Child Whisper podcast. This is Carol Tuttle, the author of the book. That um, the book that I hope you've read by now, The Child Whisper. If you come by way of the Child Whisper through this podcast and you've not read the book, I invite you to go to thechildwhisper.com, where you can also find our wonderful Child Whisper blog. Today, I will be taking your live call, so give me a call at three four seven six seven seven. 1963, and then make sure you press the number one on your phone. And um, today's topic is uh, I'm actually going to, it's prompted me, my um, producer put a title on it that I'm actually going to put a spin on. She titled it Managing Managing Adequacy and Being Present with Your Kids. And I'm going to, I'm going to use it as a platform to teach something that I have felt very strongly about for many, many years. And it kind of goes along the same lines of managing stress, managing... Anyway, I'll get to that. Let's start with our success story, which is uh, from type 1, Hillary. And Hillary writes, Carol, I called in a few weeks ago and it came up that I'm not parenting true to my type 1 nature, but rather reverting to my secondary type 4. My home was like a boot camp. You advised me to slow down, and while that isn't really feasible at this point, I took a serious look at how I was parenting. I was able to cut down the hours I was giving one of my jobs, and I looked at the free time that I do now have. I made simple changes like turning up the radio and having fun when I am in my car with my kids, or playing games together instead of flopping on the couch and watching TV. I'm learning to be true to myself, and it's helping, helping all of us enjoy life better. Thanks for calling me out on it. I needed that. I even wrote a blog post about it. Also, I just watched some parenting seminars this past week, and they seem to have a one-size-fits-all parenting model. I'm so grateful for the child whisper and how it's shown me that each child has their own needs. One of my kids has a meltdown, had a meltdown this past week due to not getting the part he wanted in the school play. I'm so grateful I dealt with it true to his type for nature instead of how I might have done it otherwise. What a blessing. And this I know is from Hillary, who has the blog Pushing Curls. You can check out Hillary at Pushing Curls blog. Thank you, Hillary. I love that. Thank you for being willing to take the feedback and make it useful to you and your family. And you've only just begun. You're on your way. And another success story that I want to share, I have two this this week is from a type two mom and she writes as a type two i am constantly reviewing things that are have already happened or making plans for what i still need to do this flowing of my thoughts interferes with my capacity to simply enjoy the moment i'm in 
I do this especially when I'm playing with my children, where I'm present in body but somewhere else mentally. What can I do to center my thoughts and simply enjoy the good things that are happening all around me? I have six children, ages 3 to 15. I have a type 4, a type 1, and a type 2. I apologize. That's not a success story. That's a question, actually. That leads us to the topic, which is I want to – I love that, actually, I – I'm grateful this is worded the way it is because it's it's allowing me to teach something I think that's more profound that I want you to open your hearts and minds to about what you accept to be the norm. So when we choose to manage something like a feeling of inadequacy or manage stress or manage anything that's compromising us, we're actually saying we in the management of it, we have to be accepting of it rather than be free of it in our life. Now, it's quite the quest to get to a place where you're actually free of, you're stress-free, you're free of feelings of inadequacy, you're feeling, you're free of any compromised state of being. And yet I believe it's possible. I've believed it for over two decades now. It dawned on me in the mid to late 90s as I started to do more alternative healing work and study uh, mindfulness and well-being and consciousness and accountability of self and what creates in our world what's now become very popularly recognized as a law of attraction. I was learning it as a law of creation cause and effect, um, thought and, you know, how our perceptions, our reality, and choice and accountability. Those are all, I was a student of that in the mid-90s, and I started to wake up to the fact that we could be, the truth was, in our natural state, if we were free of all the limiting beliefs and emotional patterns that compromise us, we could feel joy constantly. We could be in a state of well-being constantly. Now, we might still have challenges. We might still have body aches and pains, things to deal with as humans. And yet we would meet them with a perception, though, that would support a joyful response. It's how we respond to what's happening that creates whether it's stress or a sense of inadequacy. And so inadequacy is man-made. It's a man-made condition. It's not God-made. It's not in nature. There's There's nothing in the world of the nature kingdom that operates from a sense of being inadequate and makes tries to then counter that in its livelihood. And so... I'm going to suggest here, rather than managing inadequacy, how about we free ourselves of inadequacy and being present with your children. When you're in the present moment and your attention is on the present moment, you're not off in your head somewhere, you can only feel adequacy. You can only be in the joy of the moment. So that actually releases you from any sense of inadequacy because inadequacy is a is a belief it's a mental response 
it's in a judgment. You know, you can only come up with the sense of inadequacy if you're comparing yourself to something and then you fall short. So you're inadequate to it. It's not enough. And that's all self-induced. Now, you may have inherited that from your ancestors. Was your mother, was she someone that felt inadequate a lot? Was this, is this a family pattern that the women run in your family? That's really something to ask yourself, you know. Did you, are you just the next generation carrying off this belief and this state of feeling? Because the belief initiates the feeling response. But inadequacy, I'm looking it up right now, insufficient, deficient, deficit, scarcity, shortage, a lack, undersupply. So the whole concept of being inadequate is really based on your belief. You may not have been the originator of that belief. Maybe it was your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother that made a mental or a subconscious or conscious decision that they were inadequate. Now, women do come from historically a history of being told they were less than. They weren't as adequate as men. They were a lesser class citizen. And so innately that could be an old DNA trace in your being that you're now clearing if inadequacy is coming up for you. So if it's coming up for you, it's a sign that you're ready to let it go. It's surfacing. It's working its way out. Think of a sliver that's trying to work its way out of the skin and rise to the top to be released. When you get a, when feelings become more prominent, rather than believing in them, trust that they're surfacing to be purged, to be let go of. To, and they're not even yours. I really feel like the chance of, them, of you being the originator of this belief system is probably uh, less than, you know, it's, I don't even think it's possible. We are cleansing the generational beliefs of our family systems. And if you're a carrier for that, you can, the home, homeopathic way of, purging it from your being is to notice it, breathe it out. You can learn to do tapping or energy healing processes. I got all kinds of help with things to help you release it. But things clear pretty easily today and can really, when you place in your body the truth, when you activate the truth, I am adequate and I am present with my children. That's the best cure for this than anything I know. When it's recognize it is something that's not even truth, allow yourself to just feel its way out and replace it with, I am adequate and I am being present with my kids. And so in the case of this type two mom's question, what can I do to center my thoughts and simply enjoy the good things that are happening all around me? Breathing, noticing your breath, it's a practice. You've got to get, you know, you've got to just start exercising presence, being present. I am, a, I am an adequate parent being present with my children. Breath, noticing your breath in any moment will bring you back fully into the moment 
that you're in. So you just have to teach yourself, you know, your mind will go out into the future, into the past, breathe. And while you're breathing, say, I am present with my children. I am adequate and present with my children. You, let's say you're playing with your kids for, or you're with them for about, you know, and let's just say 20, 30 minutes. You might have to do that five or six times, but you'll get better at it. You're exercising a, a muscle, the, the, the presence muscle of being present, being present. I've got another question from a type 3 mom. She says, I'm parenting a type 2 11-year-old daughter. I feel like it's hard to be a type 3 mom because I'm not soft and cuddly. Also, I'm part of a homeschool group and often find myself irritated with other moms. I feel like they're also perfect, and it magnifies my flaws, working to overcome it. Any insights? Again, making the comparison is setting you up. Let those moms, what they do is really not your business. It's not your business. Say to yourself, their lives and their choices are not my business. If I compare where, you know, recognize, as you compare, that's a practice of feeding your sense of of inadequacy, which is there's no truth to it. It's man-made. You made it up. Somebody in your family line made up this belief that, Somebody can be inadequate in humanity. It's not the case. And so people can make evil choices and do, and just I want to acknowledge at the time of this broadcast some horrific and and really evil things have occurred in France. And I have just been very prayerful and heartfelt for you know everyone on, on the planet to just recognize that that is a very... The, the goodwill prevails. Goodwill prevails on the planet. Let's keep our attention on that. Let's feed the goodness, the, the goodwill. Let's flow into the ethers of this planet, the goodness. Because as we all start focusing on what we fear, we invite more of it to grow. And so you're, you're focusing on making these other moms' lives and choices your business. You have to do something with that now. And what you're doing with it is judging yourself in comparison to it and saying you're inadequate. You're feeding the the, the incorrect belief by this practice. So first, stop making their business yours and recognize I am adequate in being present with my children. Because in choosing that, you create now a thought your thoughts, your, your mental thoughts are just, they're, they're created. You, you, have to, you have to retrain your mind. And as you retrain your mind, you align with the truth that's already there. Adequacy is in you. It's present with every human. Every mother is at the core of who you are. You are adequate. Sure, you're going to have challenges at times, and you may not, you know, you'll be, there'll be things, even be tested in your capacity. But as you stay true to the, and align with that core truth, you'll be guided. You'll receive answers. You'll make choices that are healthier for you and your family because you're anchored in a sense of adequacy. So keep going back to that. Let's go to our phone lines. I have 
Janie on the line. Hi, Janie. Hi. I am so grateful that I get to talk to you today. Thank you. You're type 3, according to my notes. I am a type 3, and I'm calling out my type 3 daughter. She's almost 3 years old. And every time we go in public lately, she finds something to that in her mind is a competition. Um, So anytime she sees another child that's her age, she'll say, my mom, or she's looking at me, or she's trying to steal my toys. She thinks everybody is trying to take something from her or, or just looking at her. She's very, 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 very bothered by people looking at her. I just I have no idea where to go with this. <laughs> um, any, any, if you're to look at this differently, if you were to, if I'm not, I'm, it's interesting. I chuckled just because children are really a blessing to us, even even when it feels like they're not, because. <laughs> yeah. They they um, certainly are persistent in showing us there's something out of balance. So there's yes. that's the good news. It's like okay, you're getting my attention. That's good. Got got it. Now, what if you were to look at this differently? Rather than this is her issue, what if you were to say, what is she telling me about myself? Hmm. What is she telling me about my feelings of inadequacy or that I still worry about what other people think? Is there anything in there that resonates with you? Um, I, I do I do kind of feel inadequate sometimes, for sure. That's definitely, when I saw this topic, I thought, well, that's not even the reason I'm calling, but it definitely can apply <laughs> Maybe it is. to me. <laughs> well, I, what, like, but the, no, the you, it's thing? very easy. It's very easy. It's so common, especially in the world of motherhood, to be worried about what other people think and how we're doing and what do they think of me and did they think that was okay. And by more, a type three would be more apt to say, "Well, I don't care what they think." But by saying that, you do care what they think. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I also, like, well, I've been doing a thought process. <laughs> yeah. I've been also doing an in-home daycare um, since she was, since she was little. So I really feel like the, the, the comment of my mom and feeling like th- there's competition there, that's because there has been legitimate competition there as long yeah. as she can remember, she has had to fight for her mama. Um, okay. But then well, there's probably the, then consider those. Consider that there's some uh, an opportunity for you to learn something. It's very simple. Just say, "What is she trying to tell me about myself?" You'll get answers. And okay. if there always has been other children around, to you know, how are you making sure she? She's get you're carving out enough attention for her when other children aren't there that she does feel special to you. Okay. So that I look right. at those two things, and that the fact that she's having compete for your attention 
she's telling you I'm not getting enough singular attention in a way that's really satisfying a need that I have. Okay. All right. So just, well, you'll get look you'll into get that for sure. You, yeah, yeah. Just ask, you know, for insights on those matters, and you'll be given them. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks for calling in, Janie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Let's go back to our. We've uh, still. I can take more callers. Feel free to call in at three four one nine six three. You're all doing a great job. I just think it's amazing you have a chance to have this information in your life now as parents. So good for you. The next question is from. Um, this is a type three mom. She writes. I've read It's Just My Nature and The Child Whisperer, and they've both been a very big help to me. I'm a type 3 mom with a type 1 5-year-old, a type 3 3-year-old, and a type 2 husband. As I've listened to a few of your podcasts, I've heard you mention that often moms allow her energy to run the household, and that can cause some major problems. I feel like this is what is happening in our home, but I'm not sure what to do about it. I am swift in my movements, like to get things done quickly, and I think that I push too hard sometimes. I'm trying to be more aware of when I do this, but I'm wondering if you might have some suggestions about how I might honor my own energy type while still honoring the energy types of my family members. Well, you have, based on what you've assessed your kids, you have your children, which is a type 1 and a type 3, they are probably more um, capable of handling your movement than maybe your husband is as a type two. And so possibly when he's in the space, when he's when you're together and he's in his home, notice how you might be trying to engage him in the same swift and determined movement to get things done. And uh, that's probably where you need to approach it differently. There's a different way to, you know, partner with a type 2, you know, just noticing how you want to partner with him differently to honor his movement without necessarily giving up your own. It's coming together in a partnership, and communication is the key. The way, the willingness to communicate, to stop, communicate, really make some decisions that are mutually supportive to both people, and uh, so he feels that it's his space too and not just your space that he's existing in. And so look at that. There's probably something for you to, I'm I'm sensing that it's more about um, him. Your other children are probably more capable of not only, you know, make sure that you're, you're not just from sun up to sun down, you know, in high gear and moving forward that you really stop and connect with your children. Be present. Ask yourself, how many times a day am I, Stopping what I'm doing and honestly 100% being present with my children. Just being with them. Every parent, I think, can. this could help every parent. How many times a day? Just at, you know, challenge yourself. You're a type 3 mom. Say, I'm going to be present with my children at least two times today for, I mean, this is so crazy because it's like there's, it's so... It's such a minimal amount of time. 
I'm going to be fully 100% present, not doing anything else, just being with them, sitting with them while they play, being aware of them, watching them, noticing them, being in their space. Maybe you're not even talking to them. Maybe you're just stopping and you're noticing them. You're aware of them, giving 100% attention to them. Could you do that for 10 or 15 minutes, at least once a day, twice a day? That would be, I mean, I am an adequate mother being present with my children. And choose the act of being present. Not having the TV on. Just being aware of them. Set a timer. Put it, get your smartphone. Put it on for 10 minutes. I made myself do this. I was a young mother, and I realized that my entire self-worth was attached to my function of doing things in life well maybe it wasn't entirely but it was in, it was very very high that I only felt adequate if I was performing in life getting results getting things done functioning that my doings my very first book I wrote it's out of print you can find it as a um, out of print book on on Amazon I was healing from a sexually abusive childhood I'd had high trauma in my childhood I was wounded at a very deep core level of my being. And so my counter move to that was if I did a lot of great things and I achieved things in life, it gave me a sense of value. Well, it was a a facade. There was no truth to any of it. And it started falling apart when I was about 27, 28 years old. And my my feelings of inadequacy just purged forward. They were overtaking my life. I had literally had a nervous breakdown, had to get into psychotherapy. And that's what put me on this path was this original event of in discovering, truly discovering that all the things that I did in life was a counter move to this deep core wound that I had never healed. And so your inadequacy, there's no truth to it, but there may be a childhood wound or a multiplicity of wounds that you need to heal that cause the inner child, the little you, the little girl that you were, to believe she's inadequate. And so as I started to heal my inner child, and you can go to healingschool.com if you want to get an amazing program that will help you heal your inner child. They started to heal little Carol. She was the one that carried the belief I was inadequate. And it really wasn't even my adult self. And it was traced back through my ancestors. My mother had carried this belief. My grandmother had carried this belief. My grandmother carried it so deeply and was so wounded in her childhood that she literally tried to end her life when she was 47 years old. Uh, I I know it goes back to my grandmother. I'm pretty sure my great-grandmother felt inadequate as well. And... The key was recognizing the generational imprint that I was a carrier of and that my inner child was the one that carried that wound and that limiting belief. And that's where I had to work from. And I've healed that. I know I'm adequate. I certainly can make choices. The cause and effect of my choices need to be considered. I need to be willing to look at that and be accountable. And what's the effect of, you know, what is the, In my choice and accountability, what cause and effect does it create? But I don't ever circle it back to I'm a worthless, inadequate human being. I put put myself on a quest to heal that when I recognized there was 
when I was blessed with an understanding, there was no truth to it, that it countered everything that God could not create inadequacy. And though I felt it, did not make it true. I had to find out which, where did I acquire this belief. And I know it's from your childhood and your ancestors. And as long as that wound is, it, it will get triggered. It gets triggered easily in the current day event because it's not been healed. So make sure you heal it from the core rather than trying to just counter the daily current events that trigger it. Those are all just showing you there's a wound asking for your healing. And so make sure you go back to that. And I've got some great remembering wholeness will help get you on that path and help you start healing that. It's one of my my second books. Um, It's available on Amazon. And then I also have some great programs at caroltuttle.com where you can find some healing resources there. And the Carol blog is full of many healing sessions. I'm not blogging actively on that site right now, but it is an archive of life-changing content. Please use it. Heal these, these false beliefs and false feelings of inadequacy. They are man-made. We made them up. We made them up. There's no truth to them. I have a caller. Uh, it's prompted right there. I, let me take one more. Uh, okay, we're starting. I, my producer will type in some notes. Let me take this one um, last email question, then I'll go back to my phone lines. Says, I'm a type two mom. I've read your book and been on board with you for more than two years now. My children's types are 11 year old type one, 10 year old type four, eight year old type two and six-year-old type three. I have wrestled with where to begin in order to be an effective child whisperer and how to get my type three husband on board. I often think I should focus on one child at a time, but feel that the others would be missing out. I could really use your help on how to, where to start. Thank you. Well, thank you for your question. Again, you have a, uh, a type one, a type four, a type two, and a type three. You have the full house effect. I would not worry about your type three husband at this point. And I guess it's not a, it's not like put, don't, rather than treat it like a, um, a, a project you're approaching, every day your children give you experiences. What You're managing your children every day. You're interacting them with them every day. Just start there. How are you, you know, enrolling them? And maybe if you need to change, who's, who's, if you do need to take it a little more piecemeal in your approach of managing them, you can certainly Start with the way you communicate and interact with them, respond to them, true to their type, more true to what would support them. Now, in setting them up with chores, homework, um, the management of the things in life, who's saying to you, I need your attention more? I'm in the most stressed mom. I'm in the most stressed state. So start with that child. They're the ones letting you know they need things to be shifted. So, but certainly in your communication and how you respond to them, that's easily done by just knowing one response. There are, there's a way to respond to each of the different types that's more favorable true to their type. 
Well, let's go back to the phone lines. I have Rachel on the line. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Carol. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question Thanks for, for calling you. In. Uh-huh. I, um, I'm a type 1 mom, and I've got three children, and um, my oldest is almost six. And I just am so excited to have finally figured out that she's a type 2, and um, it's helped me to slow down a little bit for her, which is really hard for me, <laughs> but <laughs> what we have to do. Anyway, she, um, she also, I'm confused because we had a church program Sunday, and she was the most wiggly kid on the stage, and she was kind of in her own little world, and she's been in a play before, and kind of the same things happened. And I'm confused because I, I would think that a type 2 child would be able to sit for a long period of time. Could she maybe have some other issues, some anxiety, or something I'm projecting on maybe, her? Maybe, maybe that. Maybe that setting's causing anxiety. Just you know, because it would be in that pressured. Yeah, the pressure being up in front of people, causing a nervousness because it's not something she does a lot, and she's so little. Okay, it's not like so, a familiar setting. It's like ooh, anxious. You know, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe she, she, maybe she doesn't even want to do it. Huh. <laughs> Does she want to do it? Um, I don't know. She she was in dance um for two years, and the first year she had fun because it was easy going, and the second year she had a teacher that was really pushing her, and she sometimes didn't even want to dance. But then getting on the stage, yeah. she did it. Um, well, she may not so know I she has a out. choice. Yeah. Yeah. See, for hmm. some like that, would she feel more comfortable if you sat by her in that setting, you know? She might, what but I cause... wonder if I pressure her sometimes to, okay, you need Could to be. be Those are probably and... things you... Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely putting <laughs> pressure on. <laughs> and why does she need to do all of that? I know. I'm, I'm a type one, and you'd think I'd be okay with it, but maybe it's... From my childhood, I heard it. Yeah, I think it got programmed into you. <laughs> Can I ask you another question? Why does a child Why does a child need to sit up straight? I mean, mostly. I mean, not right. if they can't. I mean, they're too little to not sit up straight. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that's that. true. <laughs> that's all about that. making. And you got to know those statements are all about. I, you need to look good for me. You might as well just say that. You might as well get honest and say, now, I need you to look good for me, so I need you to do this, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's really what that's implying. That's <laughs> and you true. probably heard it, so. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. I actually remember from my childhood being able to sit still, but just wiggling inside thinking, oh, well, this is never going to end. But um, I was able to do it, surprisingly. I don't know if it was good for me or not, but... Um, Maybe that's because I have a secondary four, and that helps me out. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you another question? So, yeah, go ahead. We've got time. Okay. I've got a three-year-old daughter. She is three and a half, and I don't know what her type is, and she is a lot of fun. She's a big tease, and she does things blatantly to um, just do what she wants and be rude to her siblings, and... I ask her to 
to stop doing something and she acts like she doesn't hear me. She just totally ignores me. Um, uh-huh. How can I, the, the only result I've had with her stopping is threatening timeout, which she doesn't like, but I, I guess I don't know what else to do. My, I feel really um, incompetent. My husband is a Have type you four. Just, He's like, oh, just throw them in timeout, you know, just like that. But yeah. I don't know what to do. Have you watched the videos on the Child Whisperer? I have a collection of 26 videos where I've interviewed parents and their children. And you start to see patterns yeah. all through them. They're um, okay. free. You go to childwhisper.com. And the reason I created them was so you could learn how to assess your children correctly. And the, I interview the parents and the children are in the videos because either the parents aren't sure of their type or they knew their type. And we're talking about both their physical characteristics and their movement. The parents are sharing mm-hmm. things about their personalities and things. And you start to see a pattern between the four types between these 26 videos that, that there's definitely, oh, okay, you start to understand what to what, how, how to use this tool to assess a child correctly. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that that was there. I'll definitely go and check them out. Yeah, you do probably have to put in your email or something to get access to them. Um, okay. But you can find them under, um, I think they're listed under book resources because okay. I talk about them in the Child Whisper book, in the append- I think, in the appendix. And so those are okay. on the website. I think Wonderful. Yeah. a lot. It it does. It's been a while since I've read the book too and I probably need to review it. Okay. Um, yeah, your child you. asking for all of that is um call for help. Red flag for help. Okay. How old is she? She's three and a half. Yeah, she can't wake up and have a conscious um make a conscious decision to create ill will in her family. Right. She just, she's incapable of that. She can't doesn't have the the the, process, the brain <laughs> doesn't have the cognitive ability to do that yet. So she's understanding. Right. These I, are all. I mean, these are all. You know, this is the cause and effect of you not parenting her in a way that she's going to be responsive in a way that's cooperative. Right. Hmm. So, I have fun my with husband it. wants have fun to go. Oh, yeah, you're on, I, I you're on a hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I'm a type one, and I just see everything in all of them, so it's kind of tricky. But I'll figure it out. You will. So, well, well, thank thanks you. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A few announcements before we wrap up today, and thank you, everyone. Now, remember, the takeaway for today is inadequacy is a belief. There's no truth to it. So there's no need to manage any of it, just to free yourself of it. And to know that um, it is the origin of it is in your ancestry and then in your childhood, that you took on this belief. One of the best ways to feed it is to compare yourself and to have a standard that's unreasonable and to have um, Achieving things based on what you believed are correct that are most likely not correct for you because you're sabotaging yourself in order to continue to process the state of inadequacy because if it's become your 
point of reference to yourself and your habit, day-to-day habit, to have some sense of inadequacy, you're actually making choices that will keep keep um, feeding it because you're believing somehow it's true and then trying to counter it. And so I invite you to no longer manage it, but to heal it. Heal your sense of inadequacy and then be present with your children. And I gave a couple good tips on how to do that at the first of the show, even to schedule a couple times a day where you're just letting everything go, putting down your phone, turning off TV, stop doing what you're doing, and just hang out with your kids and breathe and notice them. Be aware of them. And see what comes up for you. What insights do you have in their behalf? What do you notice that you've never, you haven't even paying, given yourself a chance to notice in your children? What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful choice to make. And the benefits will be huge. I'm airing this right before Thanksgiving. Do this on a practice and say, what am I thankful for with this child? Especially a child you're being challenged by right now. Hang out with them. Be present with putting your attention to the question, why am I thankful for this child? And what answers come to you? I'd love to hear about some of you that do this. Call in. Write in your success stories or call in with them. I want to – I wish someone like – okay, this sounds very type 3. I am a type 3. I wish there was someone like me around podcasting when I was going through all of this, but I had to figure it all out. So I'm grateful that I figured a lot of things out that have helped me because I'm hoping they'll help you. Because these things I would have loved to have known during my very stressful early parenting experience. It wasn't even, it was falling apart, folks. And it put me on this path to find answers so I could get well and live my truth. So we do have, for all of you dressing your truth members, an evening with Carol, November 19th. Please come. Please attend online. True Confessions is the focus. I will be joined by my four types. um, The four types beauty experts will be joining me that evening. And then on the blog, there is the post on the Child Whisper blog to the parents of the strong-willed boy, which is continuing our series of looking at each of the four types of boys and things that are wounding your boys if they're a type three and things to take into consideration and solutions to the to parenting them differently so that they grow up with confidence and a sense of wholeness and a connection with their truth. And then I am so excited to announce, I've been talking about this in the last few podcasts, that I'm going on tour in 2016 as part of the Be the Change Tour with 30 other authors, best-selling authors, online influencers, change makers. And the first dates that I will be, um, January 4th, I'll be starting the tour. I'll be headed to Phoenix, then St. George, Salt Lake City, Idaho Falls, Boise. Oh, Vegas is in there from June 4th to June 10th. Go to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle, where you'll find a link to register to come to a city. I'll be in 22 cities in 2016. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember, everybody say it with me. I am adequate and I am present with my children. I am adequate and I am present with my children.
they're getting the best of me. You're awesome. You're doing a great job as a mom. Thanks for tuning in. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.